I just love music, man. The message. Spotlighting the most important voices of today with Ebro. An open dialogue about their experiences in these times and the music that inspires them. Welcome to The Message, the show where we get to talk to influential voices in society about what's going on today and what their message is to you. Today, I'm sitting down with the incredible, my guy, John Baptiste. You might know his name from the Grammy-winning album, We Are. He was all over the Grammys this year, scoring for films like Pixar's Soul. And if you don't know that, he's the band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. On top of all that, this man is an encyclopedia of black music and its history. Today on the program, we're getting into how he encapsulated many aspects of black music on his album, We Are, his personal history down in New Orleans, his family, his activism, and how it all came together in his music. He's a great human, a fascinating individual. So much to get into today on The Message. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is The Message. Oh, snap. This is John huh. Baptiste. Way at, way You see at. his face? Way at. Congratulations on all the success. Uh, you know, we've been having interviews for many years yes. now. But now, things went to another level for you with the Grammy wins and the uh, Oscar win and, you know, all of this. You won the Oscar, right? Yeah, yeah. That and was you won how many Grammys now? Five. Have you won an Emmy? I was uh, part of the Late Show, yep. So you have an Emmy, the Grammy, Grammy and the Oscar. And the Oscar, So yep. you're about to be an EGOT. Oh, my gosh. That's, That's rare <laughs> I air. gotta write a musical now. That, yeah. yeah. I gotta write a musical. I actually, I might do that. I'm, I'm working on something right now. It's a, um, I don't want to say too much about yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, well, we'll have you back for the for the music. It's based on a book I, I, I really like. If we can get the rights, we're working on getting the rights and to it. you're going to turn it into a music. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of ground to cover today. I wanted, uh, on this uh, conversation called The Message, mm -hmm. we have people on, uh, whether they're in music or otherwise, yes. to talk about the greater message that you want to send mm -hmm. to the world, your community, your family, people you love, fans, the whole thing. Because when you listen to your album, We Are, the first thing I got was we are vast. We are so many things. And by we, more specifically, black people and black music is so many things, right? So the album was celebrated as album of the year. It also won in R&B categories. And you categorize the album as an R&B soul album. But that sonically, and you know this, is, I don't want to say it's juxtaposed, but it's, it's categorically, sonically different than what people associate with R&B today. So please tell us why you decided to do that. Well, I mean, anybody who is a fan of history, you'll see these incredible performers starting in the 1940s of what we started calling R&B, which started as race music. It was That's actually right. segregated. Mm -hmm. But it was black performers from the South and the Midwest, West Coast, all, all across the country cropping up with community sounds, sounds from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like, this the beat that my cousin played. I'm going to put it on the record. Next thing you know, that's Fast Domino. Mm. And he's number one on the charts. Next thing you know, it's Chuck Berry. It's Lil Richard. It's people coming who basically invented this form of music that was so irresistible that the whole world jumped on the bandwagon. Then you got people in, in, in Britain coming over and they like, man, what is this? Right. And 
that caught on, and they became known as rock and roll as another form of segregation. Mm-hmm. And R&B was still at the root of that music. Right. R&B was still at the root of funk music. R&B came from jazz, and it was a form of music that's so rooted in the black experience and the social black experience. You're talking about Bourbon Street. We're talking about New Orleans. I come from a place where the music and the social environment are all one. There's music for everything. Everything. There's music for everything. Somebody every passed away, we singing and dancing, second line. It's, somebody passed away, it's somebody born's music. There's music for certain types of events, certain foods, certain experiences that everybody goes through. There's a musical accompaniment in New Orleans. So I have that kind of experience with it, and I see the world in the landscape of popular music today. And I'm, I've always been about expansion. Mm-hmm. If you can expand the palette, Imagine how much genius will emerge from all corners of the world. I'm look. I, I'm I'm really checking out what's happening in Africa now, and and across the continent. You talk. I, I have a lineage in Benin. I have family in uh, the Yoruba tradition, mm-hmm. and I'm looking also in South Africa. I've been going there since I was 16 because my cousin actually was big on going South Africa and having exchange back and forth. Well, and then, and for the audience, you got to know that during the. Uh the uh, 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 Mardi Gras, they had a Zulu parade. And the Zulu parade down in New Orleans was made, created by black people who couldn't participate in the Mardi Gras parades. And they wanted to call it the Zulu after the Zulus. The Zulus, so it's deep the tradition of the Zulu because when you see it today, it looks like it did back then That's in right. the pictures. Yeah. And they're, there's so much we could talk about with the the blending of the Native American yep. and Black. That's right. And if you look at the Native American and the Black, the manifest in New Orleans culture, you have what we call social aid and pleasure clubs. Mm-hmm. And Zulu was one that was first established by Blacks in New Orleans who didn't have the right to do what it is that they wanted to do to a Mardi Gras and express the true culture. And that goes back if you trace that back, it goes all the way to a place in New Orleans called Congo Square. Congo Square is, it's hard to really describe it as one thing. It was what happened on Sundays during the enslavement of our ancestors in New Orleans. And it was the only place in America, or prior to America being formed, where the, the enslaved people could exercise the tradition of the drum. Mm-hmm. And have drum circles and have this type of worship. And Congos. Yeah, Con- Congo Square. It, it's literally. But it's also still there. like Congo in Africa. But also Crazy. like the Zulu tribe in Africa. Yes. And also, even when you get down, you talk about the penitentiary down New Orleans, Angola. Yeah. Which was named after. You see, the, Angola. The, the enslaved Africans that was coming from Angola that was working those fields. Angola is deep too, man, because. A lot of great blues musicians came from Angola prison. Mm-hmm. And to make that connection to Angola, Africa, and to now see how, in some metaphysical way, the music is still coming, even in shackle. But that's, you know, a lot of conversations we get to have on the message is about how these seeds of our heritage are embedded in our not only our DNA, but our ancestors knowingly continued these practices and these traditions because they were gifting us the essence of 
our indigenous heritage, which is the drum and the communication of music and the drum and storytelling and the griot and everything yes. that happens across the music. Yes. Right? And and even back to your album, We Are. And I want to get into this playlist, too, because everything that you have on your message playlist, uh, whether it's, um, like you said, Chuck Berry categorizes rock and roll, or you have on here uh, Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway categorizes R&B, but when you listen to the chords, it's a jazzy, you know yeah, what I mean, Donny changes in there and things like that. So <laughs> even the playlist that you put together, kin to your album, shows how... Black culture in America is a mixing of genres. It is a mixing of so many cultures that were brought here, forced here, you know, and, and came up here and made sure that things weren't lost. Absolutely. I was thinking of that when I was making the album. And We Are is really, it's a proclamation that black culture is quintessential American culture. That's right. Black culture, to express the level of innovation and the the foresight in establishing modern democracy in America, and then the reluctance to recognize black genius in the foundation of that, <laughs> but then for it to emerge anyway. is the power of it. You, you know, that's like... That's powerful. For it to emerge anyway and to become a part of everything. And still, even to this day, stories not wanting to be told, laws trying to be passed to make sure the stories don't get shared, you yeah. know, but that's why we continue. And I mean, that's why we continue to have many of the sicknesses as a society we have today is because we live in this space of denial, of not wanting to admit our mistakes, learn from our mistakes and grow from the lessons we hopefully or should be learning from our mistakes. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that I, I, I really, I pray for the 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 community and our country in general, just to have a sense of how great the the prior achievements and, and the lessons that we can take from those prior achievements today. Mm -hmm. There's so much that we don't know and that we, if we knew, we would know just how royal we are. Right. We, we have so much in us. <laughs> Every time I go to a school or uh, anytime I travel, and um, you just see the way that American culture and all of the cultures of the world have converged in this melting pot of American culture. And the way that it's become more and more synthesized now, it's, it's a new time coming. There's something coming. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to call it, but it's coming. And the art that we create now is really important because it's paving the way for whatever that thing is. It's like we on some new founding fathers type stuff right mm -hmm. now. Like um, A recalibration, a resetting, if you will. Yeah. An awakening even, too. Yeah. People getting to another level of consciousness. And also, that creates a space where you have both things happening at, at once. You have this, this pull. Holding on to the past, holding on to tradition, not wanting change. Yes. You want it to be a certain way, and it's inevitably going to progress. Because stagnation is debt, motion is progress. But with that motion, it's a and tussle. Motion is life. Motion, that's how we come into being. Mm -hmm. You see, <laughs> I, yeah, I could go on. I, I mean, you know, that, we that's. We do this all day. Uh, they told us the uh, your message specifically, <laughs> though, speaking of progress and change, was get comfortable in the gray area. Talk about that. 
idea, that thought? A lot of people win. Whatever it is you're doing, the, the person who has that comfortability to be in the gray area while everybody is committing to tried and true or left and right, and you're just in, in that middle space and you're observing and you are taking in the information and you're processing all of the things in the gray area as you're trying to chart a course forward that's more efficient that's more profound, that's, I don't even want to say better, but just more timely. You're in a space where you could be there for a long time without any sort of evidence that you're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And you might not figure it out. Mm -hmm. You might be in that space and it will continue to be gray and then it will just dissipate. <laughs> Is that a personal experience for you? In so many ways, I, I, I believe in that. That's not even just a personal experience. That's a practice of mine because I, I think that's where we discover. And I think it's also like, I, I see that in you. There's a, it's a gene. Mm -hmm. It's a certain type of person who is, goes into the creative arts in the first place and likes music on a deep level and listens to it and analyzes it. But then the lessons from that and being in the gray area can be applied to all the areas of life. Like we're talking about the transition of time and the era shifting into something else right now. And this is a gray space. There's a lot that we don't know. Or it could be something dealing with health or it could be something dealing with, you know, family. And, and, and you might be trying to figure out how to resolve it now. And you can't resolve it now. And the only way you're going to maintain your personal power and the fortitude and the chaos is to embrace and almost begin to love the gray area and actually then see the profundity of being in that space and the lessons that are there. Mm -hmm. And that's what faith is. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about, we could go deep into yeah. that space. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's what I want to share with people. Just the gray area, don't, don't let it break you and don't let up. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's actually what's going to prove who you are and refine who you are. Yeah, I was... Uh... One of my elders always told me, the realest things are the things you can't see. Like that. Yeah. Right? We see this and we, we see. <laughs> right. But there's realer things taking place you have, you can't even see. Let's talk, let's, let's talk gray area uh, and the all-encompassing we are. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because your album, well, I want to get some records on there. You put Cry on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get to that, but I also want to, Kind of build me through. Pick three records. Do you remember what's on your playlist? Yeah, Here, take a look. Yeah. Pick three records that you feel kind of shape what you mean when you say comfortable in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. For sure. Wow. I would pick Maybelline mm -hmm. by Chuck Berry because he was doing, his guitar style came from interpolating country piano players mm. and, 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 and ballroom piano playing and ragtime. So he's doing this thing on the guitar that's never been done before on the guitar and is inventing this genre, is one of the architects of R&B that becomes rock and roll. So he's architect of rock and roll. Right. So 
he is the manifestation. It's really great. It's like, it's like <laughs> whoa. Right, right, right. So many things in one space. And the electric guitar, people who play the guitar, you know, we, we see that every day now, but you got to think how new that instrument was and how new the electric bass mm. is. I mean, that the early forms of R&B and rock and roll were on the upright bass. Talking about the, the double bass, which is from jazz. And that's also happening in the same track. So Maybelline is <laughs> great. Like well, it's also, too, it's interesting because when you were talking about gray area and comfort in the gray area of having faith, that one, that in a moment or in moments mm -hmm. to come, things will be clear for you right. if you have faith in it. Yep. And clearly what you just articulated musically mm -hmm. is pulling all of these different forms of expression and music together mm -hmm. and came out in a very clear, new, you know, awesome thing with Chuck Berry. Yeah. He, he maybe he, he had the vision, but I, I don't think innovators necessarily know that it's going to, what it's going to become, they just know that this is a road. I that hear it. To, yeah. I feel it. I feel it. It may not land. That's the future. Yeah. This is where we got to go. Right. So that's a perfect example. I mean, almost everything I could pick on here. Uh, and just pick something you vibing on. You know, something you Old just Man River, sure Paul Robeson. Yeah. Because you have this man who is a a, 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 a black American man Athletic, just a strong man, singing opera. Uh, an, an, an athletic man, a lawyer. A lawyer, yeah. An intellectual. Yeah, deep. Like, that's an incredible, wow. Umi says. Most deaf. That's jazz. That's hip hop. Yeah. Like, that's indigenous. The drum Yeah, yeah. That we 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 love we love when we get the indigenous element in there. Leah de Itamaraca from Brazil, actually from the island of Itamaraca, which is amazing because you think about that part of Brazil or Bahia and the, the way that the African influence mm -hmm. mixed with the South American influence and the in the diasporic manifestation of that in her music is incredible because you hear street. You hear tubas and you hear elements of R&B and you hear this, yeah, that record. That's one of my favorite records of the last year, actually, her record. She's, she must be almost 83 now, 82, mm. 83. Like, local legend. Truly a local legend in samba and Brazilian music. But her record sounds so modern and futuristic, and it's a blend of so many things. The gray area, for sure. Her whole record. But this, that you'll get that from this one. There's so much heat on there. I love it. <laughs> I just love music, man. Even we had the pleasure of seeing Tim Cook today. He saw the playlist. Yeah. He told us he was going to take it from us. Yeah, he was like, look. You, Tim it, Cook, take it, things. Go ahead, playlist. man. It's, it's all a, his service. You ain't got to take it, bro. You don't have to take it. It's, it's, you ain't got to take it, bro. It's all love. It's all love. The activism I want to talk about and your purpose. I saw... On um, what's that show I love on PBS, man? I, I actually talked to you about it, about heritage and roots. With mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, finding your roots. With uh, Henry, Henry Louis, Louis Gates, Gates, finding your roots. Yes. And uh, I saw your episode. Yeah, yes, man. Where you talked about your grandmother. Yep. Yeah. And her 
working in Portland, Oregon. Yes, yes. Oh, man. And moving there to work in, I believe it was the shipyards. Yep. Was that right? Yeah, working in the shipyards. And uh, I lived in Portland, Oregon for a, oh, a few yeah. years and worked there in 99, 2000, 2001. And uh, Northeast Portland mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. A, a black, you know, the black population and, there, which has been gentrified and moved out. Um, but they have uh, Juneteenth. You know, mm-hmm. Juneteenth is official holiday, so they're going to be celebrating over in Northeast Portland for Juneteenth. And um, it's just interesting your episode of finding your roots of how you kind of just unpacking this strong woman in your family that, you know, moved to work. And I believe she met your grandfather yeah, there. Yeah. Is that the yep. that story? And then yes. they moved to New Orleans. They moved, yep. And and that community, the the next year, had uh, uh, an incredible tragedy. The flood. The flood. Right. Which so mirrors Katrina which my grandmother, same woman, we escaped Katrina together. Mm. We, we, we were in the car with my whole family and my grandmother, and we drove as Katrina was flooding the city out of New Orleans to Texas. Um, but that was just an incredible part of the story. That right. Strong, strong women are the backbone of black families. And... The on the front bump. lines of activism, yeah. Yeah. family, keeping the family together, tradition, all of it. Absolutely. It, I, I, I moved just thinking about how much they gave to us and how they gave with grace. Just in the precision and of how they to gave. And continue to give today, too. Oh, yeah. It feels, it feels like we are in a time where I, I hope we're beginning to recognize that more. The, in the in the depth of importance of that, remembering those figures, unsung, there's a lot of unsung sheroes. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I love doing finding your roots, just discovering that aspect of my history. Um, and I knew the stories, but just to kind of go with the official, they go all the way. Right, <laughs> they get like a research right. team. It takes months, right? And you don't even know that that interviewing people and talking to folks off camera for months. I've, and you get a booklet. It's incredible. What's up, everybody? You're listening to The Message, and I'm your host, Ebro Darden. This is the show where we get to talk to a variety of cultural voices about these challenging times and the music that gets them through it. Stay tuned to this podcast feed because we'll be coming at you every two weeks with new guests, as well as unedited conversations from the vault. But for now, let's get back to my conversation with five-time Grammy winner John Baptiste. He's about to get into how we should feel compelled to be activists. And, and talk and talk about New Orleans and just your your I want to say proximity, but purpose more specifically, uh, and around just cherishing, taking care of not only family mm-hmm. but tradition and how activism plays a role in that um, because it's in the music. Um, going back to the the highly celebrated album We Are, um, you know, I don't know if everybody picked up on it, but for me, when I saw it, heard it, and I knew exactly what you were doing and uplifting black culture, black music, and how uh, 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 making sure that people understand that we're not a monolith. We're we're very vast, yes. far-reaching. Oh yeah, and 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 have are having impact now. Will have impact in the future, and have had impact in the past. But activism plays a part in protecting that, right? And making sure that we are not subjugated and minimalized and murdered and, you know, these, these things that are, have happened and continue to happen. 
if you're a concerned citizen and you live in the time that we're in now, you'll feel compelled to say something or do something, have action. You feel that 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 pull. Um, and I do think that we have this, this real gift of the culture. <laughs> it was hard fought. This gift of the culture is so important to remember how hard it was for it to be here today and for us to have it and to experience the power of it. Whether you 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 hearing a DJ set or you going to see somebody play at a jazz club or you going to a black church, just knowing what it was worth and how much it took. Um, and we all enjoy it. All shades of people connect to it, want a piece of it, want to experience what it's like to be in the midst of it. Um, and that's, that culture doesn't exist without the people. So if you treat the people a certain way, if you discredit the people and, and you just soak up the culture. <laughs> I, you've, you've, I, you've disrespected humanity in that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I have nothing against anybody. I love everybody, even if I don't know you. But the idea of black culture and what it took to, to get is a real thing. And it's got to be protected and understood. And, it, and it, it's universal. Now it's universal. But we've come, and my family, to go back to what you're saying about coming up, growing up in New Orleans and the role of activism in, in music, it's almost, you got to remember that there was a time where you couldn't be on a stage and not in some way be representing your people. Talk to them. You couldn't, like you couldn't be on a stage and it not be some kind of statement about your humanity or affirming your right to be there. Paul Robeson on stage at Carnegie Hall, Mahalia Jackson and Duke Ellington. Music was integrated before sports. We don't talk about that. Talk about jazz bandstands, that was integrated first. And the statement of being there. <laughs> yes. And that's not that long ago. That's right. It, it wasn't that long ago to think that that was something that had to be fought for. And now we still are fighting for other things. It's not as, it's, it's more sophisticated marginalization on a lot of levels. But we still... You, we're still making statements whether we know it or not, is all I'm saying. So it's better to make a conscious, informed statement and know the holistic perspective. And that's all I believe activism really is about. It's about affirming humanity, as you said, and about knowing the full perspective and using your agency to make this generation progress. And you use your platform, which is the music. That's it. You don't have to be a politician. And you also organize and get outside too. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I I I was blessed to see that in in um in action when I was growing up. But you don't. Every musician doesn't have to be. That's right. I'm not saying you should always be trying to make a statement. We don't need to make a statement if you are the statement. Right. And sometimes the statement is joy. Yes, joy, excellence, quality, honesty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All of these. Fundamental call, things. You also did a um, didn't you call my show one time? Y'all was playing. Y'all just took the instruments, and started playing outside. 
Yeah, when, yeah. That was a few, that was. Yeah, we uh we do that. We used to do that a lot more, but we we did uh. And it was just like it was just, I, I forget. It was was it at Lincoln Circle? Lincoln was it outside? Yeah, somewhere. I remember was we like, talked. Yo, we outside today. We yeah. playing the instrument. I was like, well, everybody meet John Baptiste yeah. outside. <laughs> outside. We uh we started doing that. It's I call it a love riot. Right. But we started doing that when I was you know first when I first came to New York City to go to Juilliard. I was in in the um, Lincoln Center area where Juilliard is, and then I would go down on a train, and I would ride the train up to Harlem. I was living in Harlem at the time, and we would just, you know, me and my, my, my band would play from Lincoln Center all the way up to Harlem on the train. We wouldn't ask people for money. We would just play, just give the people some energy, and then get the energy, and we started building a, a little community. We started building a little community. Then we started doing these shows just for this kind of community. I guess looking back on it, it's almost like a fan club slash like a, uh, it was like a whole scene. Right. Like felt like some Basquiat downtown eighty one. Like yeah. we'd get lofts. We would go out on the street and do a, a whole processional with the musicians and the people, and more people would gather along. Then was I started to lead them all up to like a, a loft where we would have a whole setup and we'd have a whole situation. And then after a few years of doing that, a bunch of folks started actually hearing about it. That's actually how I first started to really have buzz. And um, like people would come down, like Chili Peppers came to one. Uh, um, Quest Quest used to come all the time. It's way before he was on the show, and we were in late night at all. Um, Lenny came, Kravitz. It would just be like people coming to jam, yeah. And we would take it to the street, and then I started doing those love riots as a form of protest and activism as well. Um, we've done the March for Science on the National Mall. Um, Black Lives Matter during the time leading up to the election, really voter registration, rallies and protests and peaceful protests with music and the aspect of bringing that to the front lines was important in the last few years. So it was probably one of those moments. You know, I think that was what it was. Yeah. It was a protest. For it was sure. a protest. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a love riot. Right. Okay, it yeah. It was a protest though. Yeah, we, 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 we were out there. <laughs> We was outside. Listen, man, I always love seeing you. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on everything. Man. You know, we're going to be talking again for the next album, and then whenever this play comes together, we're going to be all over that, too. Yeah. You know, uh, John Baptiste, right here, ladies and gentlemen. Go get We Are, the highly celebrated, critically acclaimed Grammy Award winning album. Go play on that in Apple Music. And this is the message, so... He's curated a whole playlist for us. See, I, I be making him long playlists. <laughs> nah, it's perfect. I, Twenty-six I, joints. Yeah, and important records, mm -hmm. and uh, 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 like even your Marvin Gaye selections aren't like your stand. You know what I mean? You picking things that are a little deep cuts. You ever check out that 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 bio? His autobiography, Divided Soul. Mm -mm. It's it's uh, man, I read that book, and I listened to. His discography, because he talks about the making of the records mm -hmm. throughout the whole biography. And I listened to it in chronological order, his whole catalog while mm -hmm. I was reading it. That's an experience. I recommend that. Just finding a, a biography, particularly ones that delve into the music, and you can read about what was happening in the in the world and in their lives while listening to the records. That's fine. John Baptiste, love you, brother. 
Yes, indeed. Love you, brother. Thank you so we much. in it. It's the message. Apple Music, man. The message. Don't push me. Call. I'm close to the edge. An open dialogue about the voices of today and their experiences through music that inspires them.